What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Cigar Store Idiots. I'm Rob. Got Andrew here with me. Hello. Tyler. How's it going, everybody? Uh, without further ado, I, I said that again. I say it every single time, but uh, I want to go ahead and jump right into this because I know uh, our next guest has got a super busy schedule, and we want to we want to do her justice uh, and appreciate her taking time out and of her busy schedule and, and talking with us. We got Lisa Wilson with us today. Hey, hey. How are you doing? We're doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing great. You know, living the dream, man. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I see you. You're, you're doing all kinds of stuff these days. I am. Yeah, yeah. I'm loving it. It's good. Well, uh, I just want to kind of get into the Lisa Wilson story. I want to talk to you a little bit about when we, uh, you know, back in Rome, Georgia, our Murchie High School, uh, mm-hmm. moving forward into uh, your modeling, uh, your Miss Georgia uh, all that good stuff, and then how that all transpired and got you into uh, American Idol and actually uh, acting and doing your thing now. So it's just super excited for you to see somebody come from my hometown and make it. So let's Thanks. let's tell me about Lisa. Thank you. Um, well, I <laughs> that's such a loaded question. Start, start, start when you were two and, and this, go from there. And, and look, I'll, I'll tell you, you, you can say anything you want to. Uh, this is uh, the floor is yours. So we don't, we don't we don't censor anything out here. All right. Cool. Cool. Well, I mean, yes, as you guys have just said, I am from Rome, Georgia, grew up there and my family still lives there. And I love Rome. It's a wonderful place, and it was amazing for me to grow up there. So I, I always like to say that my roots are what keep me grounded in the midst of this skyrocketing career that I have, and um, I'm forever grateful for it and for the people that surrounded me in my in my upbringing, and and still to this day, I'm, I stay in touch with with many people from my childhood. Um, so I guess like it's we're talking like career trajectory and how that all started um junior in high school and i i did i don't know if you remember this rob it may it may not have it, you may not have done this i don't know but do you remember whenever uh Coosa Valley Tech combined forces with the high schools and did those 3 years where they gave us trade school training yes and I okay I remember okay that. yep so I did that. I was a part of it, and I did the radio and television broadcasting program. Okay. And uh, it was the thing that really like set me in motion towards being in media. I had had a little bit of experience doing modeling work before that, but really that was the thing that showed me how much I loved production and um, gave me the chance to not only like do my classwork where I was, I was learning production, but I, you know, I, I got a job at a radio station. So I was uh, WLAQ talk radio. I was one of the evening hosts for WLAQ okay. talk radio. I didn't know that. And then, yep. At my junior year and then my senior year, I was working at the Comcast affiliate in Rome as um, kind, of, kind of like a production assistant and just learning the ropes of news mm-hmm. and really learned very quickly that news does not, sit well with me because I can't handle the negativity. It's just, it was just way too much for me on Same a regular basis. Here. Same here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I had to stick to the world of 
of joy and laughter. And that lived more in the space of entertainment. And so um, it sent me on this path of just pursuing whatever I could. So I just started like throwing myself in things. I was doing bikini contests. I was like auditioning for American Idol. I like whatever came along. I was like, hey, that looks good. I'm going to just try it. I was a throw the spaghetti against the wall kind of girl yeah. and just see what sticks. <laughs> and and I did that enough times until things just started sticking. And it wasn't necessarily always the right thing, but I always say that it's, it's not the thing. It's the thing that will lead you to the thing that you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's just how I navigated my entire career on uh, what I'm going to say this is my come up years. And um, it, it took me to a lot of really cool places. I ended up with a modeling contract. I, I worked for five years with a modeling agency where I was traveling all across the country and all over Mexico. And it opened doors for me in television that I, I wasn't really expecting, but you know, I'd be on a job and there'd be a media crew. And of course I was already good on camera. So I'd end up on camera doing things and hosting and, and, um, and then I was in Hawaii on a job and auditioned for American Idol because it was coming through um, Honolulu and ended up making it on American Idol. Um, kept going through American Idol until the final 32 where I blew my voice out and had a very pitchy performance. And it was like the embarrassment of a lifetime at that oh, point, you know. How much, <laughs> how much how much singing are you guys doing? Just kind of, a you know, an insider tip there. How much singing are they making you, are you guys having to do? I mean, it's kind of like a behind the scenes yeah. on, on the American Idol. Are they? Yeah, for sure. I mean, when it's, I'm sure things are probably different now than what they were when I was on it because it was mm. 2003. Yeah, it was early. And yeah, and it was, it was, man, it was brutal. I would sleep about an hour a night if I was lucky. And um, we would get assignments each day that we had to be prepared to perform. And sometimes they were groups and we would have to choreograph dancing and, and song and, and learn new songs. So it was, it was kind of like what I do when I get scripts now, you know, I can be on set. I just finished a film where I get like 15 new pages of dialogue in a day and have to be ready Ooh. to go on camera minutes later and, but that's just the way it goes. So right. it was, it was similar in, um, in that respect where we would get new songs every day and it would be the morning, you know, they'd get us up at the crack of dawn and we would all assemble in, in, um, either the lobby or in an arena and we would get our assignments and we would break off into our groups and, and we would just go at it all day and rehearse and rehearse and rehearse until we collapse pretty much and yeah. then be ready to perform um, usually like the next morning. And so, um, but we didn't get to sleep really. I, I was in LA for, gosh, I guess I would go out like for a week or two at a time. And there was one week that I was out there that I was so malnourished from the extreme situation that I lost 10 pounds in one week. Good Lord. And I was so skinny and so tired and so, I, I did not feel well at all during mm-hmm. that experience. It was, it was extreme. I mean, like, and at that point, reality TV, you know, people didn't really understand reality TV and what it meant that it's like the farthest thing from reality. And when you combine that with a talent show, right. <laughs> it's just, it's not conducive. And being a performer, you know, I've always been a performer. I've been performing since I was eight years old. And so for me, I, that environment is not one that allows you to thrive. And so it's literally created so that you'll fail. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then by, I I don't know how I made it through. I really just, I have no idea. I mean, it was one of those things by the grace of God. And, and I was just thankful that I was able to survive it. Um, But to make it to the finals and get to the final 32, 
in the rehearsal, I, I nailed my song, but in the midst of it, I pushed too hard mm -hmm. because they, they put me, I, I had to choose a song that wasn't completely correct for my, my vocal range. And it, it strained me too far and uh, messed up my vocal cords and I wasn't able to nail it in the live performance. And that's what you find on YouTube. So, you know, it's like the legacy of my time on American Idol is it's forever, it's forever, ever, ever on uh, YouTube. And it's just so irritating. Well, but it, it that's the other sounds, thing too. Yeah. I mean, they're giving you so many different songs and there's so many different ranges and, you know, it's, uh, it's you know, like you said, it's kind of, it kind of sets you up for, you know, failure, you know, it just sounds, it sounds very unhealthy all the way around. And, totally. Uh, and you're going out to perform on an empty tank, so to say. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly how it was. And, you know, it's interesting because I, I say that American Idol was my first introduction to public backlash. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, you know, I was I was waiting tables at the time at Chili's. I and, remember. Yep, yep. I was a Chili's waitress for five glorious years. Was it that and, long? I remember. I remember when you were there. Yeah, I was there five years. I'm, and... I'm going to go back a little further. I remember when you were at County Seat and I worked at Hibbets. Oh, so. my gosh. <laughs> yep, yeah. I remember that uh, forever. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah that was a long time ago. So. Very, very, very long time you ago. Were, you were talking about when you were eight and that's when you started performing and everything. A little birdie told me that uh, the Little Mermaid inspired you. Who's <laughs> been reading my IMDb? <laughs> Not me. Not me. I didn't do any homework at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's that's so funny. Yeah, my dad took me to the movies. It was the first movie I'd ever seen in the theater, and he used to joke and say, "Lucille wants to be a critter because my nickname is Lucille, shortened to Lucy as I've gotten older." And um, he teased me forever. Lucille wants to be a critter because I was so obsessed with Ariel. And and the there was like the scene where she's like swimming up from the bottom of the ocean and ah, I was like that is my girl. He's like, I'm not. That's it. I'm not doing anything else for the rest of my life. I'm gonna be exactly. a mermaid. I'm I'm gonna be a mermaid. That's exactly what I'm gonna do. And you know, at that time, I had no idea what it meant, but I just knew that I was fascinated by by cinema, and um, and that was something that I had an extreme interest in. So I always like loved stories. I loved anything that was otherworldly. I, I was obsessed with magic stuff. I, I just loved it. If it was not humanly possible, I wanted to find a way to create it. Yeah. And, um, and so that was like the spark that created everything. And, you know, it's, it's funny. I, um, I'm working on writing a book and I actually reference that. And I say that I blame my career on, on Ariel and maybe my dad. That's a little too bit funny. Because, yeah. Well, you yeah. had a good support group. Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. My family is That's amazing. Important. I'm yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm one of the most fortunate people on the planet because I have the support group that I have. I have the family that I have. They're, they're absolute magic. I mean, they, they really truly are. And they have been there for me through all of the ups and downs that have come along with this career path. It's amazing. You know, people only see the good, but there's so much ugly that goes into it and it's so hard and it, it will it's eat away yeah, your soul. It's a tough industry. It's uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, jealousy runs rampant. Uh, and mm -hmm. it's, uh, I, so I, I mean, I can, I can't even imagine all the things that, uh, that you have to, that you have to deal with on a daily basis. But, yeah. uh, but I, you know, I think it's so, it's so funny, but I think it's cool too, because, you know, everybody around here, we kind of, you know, pay attention to our people. I mean, we consider mm -hmm. you our people because you're from here. 
yeah. it's cool to see Lisa on the Bojangles commercial. And I was like, look, it's, <laughs> I know that person. And then, you know, yeah. when you see on, you know, different, different prints for different things you're doing advertising for and stuff like that. Yeah. But when was the first thing, what was, what was your aha moment when, uh, when you, what was, what was your first thing that you actually got cast in and, and you were like, oh, this is it. This is what I've been waiting on. Cause I know it's a tough road. I mean, there's, uh, yeah. you know, trying to get picked up on things is like the is, balls it, finally rolling. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what was, what was the point where you're just like, this is it. It's happening for real. Um, you're going to laugh and you're going to be all, like shocked when I say this. But in the last year and a half, I've had those moments. Yeah. I've, I've been in this career for over 20 years mm -hmm. and it's been a journey to say the least. And it, at each bend, I have known that there was something different waiting for me. When I was doing music, I, I felt like that could be the thing, but I, I wasn't fully uh, committed to who I was as an artist and I had not really landed in that space to where I was comfortable with that enough to say, this is what I can do for my lifetime. Um, but then I, I started, I, I hit a streak. That's whenever the big onslaught of things started happening for me was at the end of 2018. And my first role in this massive run of bookings was on a, a show. I think it's on the, it's either own or BET. It's called star. And I booked a role sales lady. That was it. And I was a car salesperson. Okay. And um, I had a couple of lines and it was a, a cute role. I liked the character and I was just like, all right, cool. Um, within four days of booking that I booked Zoom Patrol and then went on this um, month and a half long journey of becoming a superhero. Yeah. And, and I was like, what is this world? And, you know, it was a very small segment of the show that I, that I existed in, but the process of, of being a part of a cast where I'm actually like a, a pretty vital and important character mm -hmm. that was, that was new for me. Cause I, I had always been a co-star actor where, I mean, you're in the business, so you understand co-stars five and unders. Usually they're the hinges of the story. They move the story along. They're not necessarily the ones that the story is following. Right. And so I've been accustomed to being the person that's kind of like, oh, hey, here's your coffee, you yeah, know, on, yeah. and or whatever. And and it, it's been fine. It's fun. But it was never like super fulfilling. So I felt like there would be possibly an end to that. And I didn't know what that end would look like. And I didn't know if it meant that I would leave the industry completely and go into being a business owner or whatever, because it, it's just like staying open to all the possibilities. Um, when I was on Doom Patrol, I fractured my elbow in a couple of places. I fell oh, and yeah. um, really hurt myself. And so it put me out for a couple of months. So I actually had to book out and couldn't work for two months and laid up and just healed. And then I came back to work in January after the holidays. And so we're like mid-January. And I started booking again. Um, it was, was that, almost... Was that like a stunt gone wrong or... What no, I mean, it's, it's a really funny, terrible story. So oh, no. I, we love this. I, it's, just, it's really embarrassing and bad, but you know, it's one of those things that I like, I swear I'll, I'll tell this story on a late night show at some point and everybody in the audience will laugh really hard. Um, so I, I'm in a super suit. It's a red super suit and I'm playing a superhero that can fly. Okay. Like my superhero, <laughs> one of my abilities, I can fly. Star girl, and, right? Not on no, Star, not this Star was Girl. Doom Patrol. This is Doom, this yeah, is Doom this Patrol. Is, okay. Okay. What superhero are you in Doom Patrol? Raya Jones, oh, aka okay. Lodestone. Yeah. Gotcha. And so 
Um, so anyway, and I unfortunately didn't get to like really play up the abilities on the show, but anyhow, um, it, I think the irony of it is that my character is a flyer. Um, yeah. so I, I'm being called to set and we're doing this action scene where we're running down a, a hill into a fight and, um, they like, it's one of those really quick, like hurry up and wait situations. So they like bang on my door. We gotta go now. Gotta go now. Like, all right, cool. I'm coming. You know, I throw my phone down. I like run out the door. And as I'm starting to run out the door, I twist around and the toe of my boot catches the top of the step. Oh. And it threw me forward with this full force of like almost like going into the beginning of a sprint. And um, I fell to the pavement and this trailer was up pretty high. So I, it was like a four step up trailer. Yeah. I fall straight down to the pavement and I catch myself with my hands. And um, I had no idea that I had gotten a couple of compression fractures all I felt at that point was my hand my left hand was bleeding and I I was like oh that looks ugly maybe I should get the medic to bandage that and um so I get up I go to the I go to the van and and I was like oh hey can you just call the medic before we take off because I need to I need to get this bandage and I was wearing gloves anyway with my costume so I was like it's fine I can just cover it up and we can just keep it rolling and um so then I'm sitting in the van waiting on the medic to come over and I see him walk up. I get up. As I get to him, I was like, hey, so this is what happened. And I was like, can I have your hands for a minute? I just remember saying, can I have your hands? I grabbed his hands. And the next thing I knew, I woke up on the ground with like four people standing over me, freaking out. A couple of my co-stars off to the side crying. They think I'm dead. You know, it was it was like the most dramatic situation. And I'm over here like, I don't understand what just happened. I didn't know why I was there. I didn't know what was going on, who these people were. It like, it's true. Like whenever you come back from a blackout, you're right. like, I don't, you don't know what's going on. Um, so I, I sat up, they finally got me well enough to go back to set. So then we get to set and we go into the scene and the medic is obviously watching me like a hawk at that point. Yeah. And um, I just looked at him and I was like, hey, do you think you maybe could like bring me some ibuprofen? My, my elbow is really starting to hurt. And I don't feel like I can move my arm that well. Not broken and, or anything. <laughs> not broken or anything. This is whenever I'm like, I am a Wilson from Rome, Georgia. So this <laughs> is like, that's the thing you need to understand. I could literally be limping through a minefield with a broken leg and dragging it going, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's okay. I'm bleeding. It's fine. I'm fine. Nobody worry about this. So... <laughs> I was like, God, this so, is when it's good to be how a long did girl. That, how long did that put you on the shelf? Um, the, the Well, I finished the show. I had two more days of filming uh, after that. So I went to the hospital after that scene, and I was there for the rest of the night and then came home, and um, a couple of my friends knew what was going on, and one of them met me at my house to wash my hair. And, and like, like, I was literally having to be bathed by my friends. I yeah. couldn't bathe myself. And so, yeah, like got me ready to go back to set the next day. So I go back at seven o'clock the next morning, do it all over again with my arm, like in a sling up until the point when we start filming. And then I had to take my arm out of the sling and just position myself to where you couldn't tell that I had a broken arm. And that's the so, thing. Like, Hollywood don't wait on you. I mean, you got to, no. you got to get it together. At they least don't wait you're on honest you. about it. You know, if I was in your position, I would be telling people that I was doing this crazy rooftop stunt <laughs> and that my, <laughs> my holster breaks and at least you're honest about it. So man, I'm honest about everything like to a fault. <laughs> well, my problem, my problem is I'm allergic to pain. So I don't think I would have <laughs> took it as well. 
Look, you know, I don't love pain either, but it's just what it is. It is what it is, when, right? When you were, did you did you get to work with Brendan any? Was, was he in any scenes? No. Okay. So Brendan wasn't there, and neither was Matt. Okay. Um, because they had, um, um, oh gosh, what are the other actors? There's two other actors that play. Matthew Zuck plays Matt Bomer's character, and then, gosh, what's the other guy's name? Riley. Right. Riley is the other guy's name. They he plays the. Um, the Tin Man yeah. that, yeah. And so I, I got to work mostly with Matt. I, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Not M- Matthew Zuck, not Matt Bomer. Um, when, when I worked, and he, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say he plays negative man. When I, when I worked on that, we actually worked on the first episode. Well, it was the first episode they showed it was the race car. It was the NASCAR. Oh yeah. Show. Yeah. So you got to work with them. Yeah. And uh, he, you know, He's just a sad fellow, man. I just wanted to give him a hug. I felt, I mean, he just, he would do the scene or whatever. And he just was like, he, he just, you know, he's like, he's just like a sad person. I just wanted to be like, Hey man, you want to go get some dinner and talk about it? He just, you know, he just felt, I mean, cause you know, he's, Brendan's had kind of a tough run at it, but he's kind of made a comeback a little bit. But For sure. the funny, the funny part of that was, um, I was a sports reporter and so he just wins the race and he finds out the guys at cheating on his, his crew, his crew chiefs cheating with his wife. And uh-huh. so they fight and he has this humongous bottle of champagne. I mean, this thing's huge and it's a bottle yeah. of champagne. And so he's popping the top and he's squirting all the, you know, everybody's standing around. And I mean, I, I don't know why I got put where I got put, but I got doused like four <laughs> times with this giant <laughs> bottle of champagne and I was like I was like oh I'm, I'm gonna get a DUI driving <laughs> yeah. home because I smell like, like champagne I to drive home and I'll be like I'll be like but you don't understand Brendan Fraser sprayed champagne I mean they're like this guy's way drunk <laughs> he's yes. going to jail so um yes. so with, you worked on Doom Patrol and then you've got you you there's another thing that you got on uh what was the TV show was it on CBS correct me if I'm wrong I apologize if I'm no, uh, it's okay. I've had so many of them that it, it's, we're going to have to like wind it back a little bit. Yeah. Are we talking about uh, NBC? Because that was that was a that recent was Bluff, one that you had. Okay, so Bluff City Law. Okay, it might be the one you're thinking of. I had a recurring character on that one, okay. but you know we we only had one season, so um, so that one is done. And then I have Bobby Berman on the CW on Stargirl. That's also recurring. Mm-hmm. Where you worked with um, uh, Luke Wilson, I saw. Luke is fantastic, man. I was going to ask you how cool a, that was. Such a gem. That guy, he's, he is like, it's so funny because as an actor, you are always kind of like romanticizing the idea of working with people that you've watched on TV right. your entire life. Absolutely. And it, yeah. So then you get in the situation and, and it's just not, it's just not as intimidating as you would think because people are just people at the end of the day. Like we're all just people and, and we just chose the job of storytelling and those stories just happen to be on your TVs or in the theaters. And that's how they're distributed. It's no different than like writers telling stories. It's just our medium is acting and bringing it to life on screen. And so anyway, he is like such a generous scene partner, so kind, so down to earth and, and real. And that was just such a nice, pleasant surprise because you just never know how people are going to act. Some people, they get all up in their ego and they want to be a little high and mighty, yeah. but um, he's not one of those. He's not one of those people. He's, he is genuinely a very kind person. And Amy Smart too, like works with her as well. And she's just darling. Like they're phenomenal people. You you would be surprised how many background people think that they're going to win an Oscar for eating a uh, eating a sandwich by a dumpster. 
Uh, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm like, you need to calm down. Pump your brakes. Oh, my God. So were you, oh not, God. were you not starstruck at all by Wilson when you met him? Or did he just immediately put you at ease and was cool? No, I, I don't get starstruck by really? people. Uh, yeah, all? I never I never have. Um, so, and I, I, I don't know why. <laughs> I just never have. And um, I think the only person that I might react like that too like I would have a moment because I was thinking about it's so funny I was on my drive home today and I was thinking about if because Jessica Chastain has this movie coming out 355 and I like I see myself in those types of roles and I was like thinking to myself if I booked a movie with Jessica Chastain and I was playing opposite of her for even one single scene even if I'm handing her her coffee and saying have a good day ma'am I might fangirl on a level that is embarrassing and, and I, I'm okay with it. Like I'm okay because she's just one of those actresses that I, and it's personal because I see myself in her and in the roles that she takes. So it hits me differently. That's the only kind of space that I get fangirly over. Yeah. Um, but I met Luke in the, in the makeup trailer. I sat down in the chair next to him and he was super cool. He just leaned over. He goes, hi, I'm Luke. And I was like, I'm Lisa. We have the same last name. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yep. You know, I, I think, uh, and then people that don't, that's never been kind of on set or anything. And I was, I had no idea there were so many moving components to film. Oh my God. I mean, it's, yeah. there's, there's a million people doing a million different things. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. If you're yeah, a part of it, does it almost like ruin watching TV shows for you or? You watch TV differently. Yeah. You definitely watch yeah, it you differently. Definitely you watch, right. Yeah, it, and it, it depends on how much you love story versus how much you love the technical aspect of creating movies or television shows. And I love both aspects. So I sometimes, most of the time, when I'm watching a show, I'll watch for story, and I just fall into the story, and I try not to look at too much of the technical. I will get taken out of a scene if it's like continuity issues are present but most of the time on big budget stuff you don't see things like that it's mostly like you know lower budget stuff that you'll see those kinds of issues and um and so most of the things i watch i i go in for story but sometimes i'll watch for the technical aspects the way that the movies are made and also like the actors themselves like i study jessica chastain like she is one that i i will watch her films and i will watch every nuance in her face every single move that she makes because she's a a type of person a type of actor that i want my career to emulate and um so yeah so it just it just depends on what i'm watching like I'll watch a lot of like fruity frou stuff because I just want to laugh and have really lighthearted things. Like the right. film I just finished, for example, was so intense that I was like, I was, there, there were days that I just literally would go to set and weep all day, just crying. It was such a heavy movie to make. And, um, and so at the end of the day and after things like that, I literally want to watch cartoons or something at the level of cartoons. <laughs> can, can, you, can you discuss any, can you talk about that movie at all? Can you give us anything on that? Or is that kind of still I not? Can't. I got you. Yeah. Oh, it's fine. It's yeah. Fine. Unfortunately. No, no, no. I, I got it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, like they'll yes. basically like kill you and, and yes. eat your firstborn. You, 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 you will be blackballed on this planet. So Yeah, for it. sure. Yeah. So, yep. so there's so many different things that you've done as far as uh, TV and film work. What's been your favorite so far? Stargirl, hands down. Okay. Yeah, I love um, I love the character that I play, 
and I love the family of being part of the Stargirl family. I love being a part of the DC universe. I love that they brought me in for a second show after doing Doom Patrol. Yeah. Um, it's really, really cool. And, and you know, what's interesting is the, the DC fandom space. They're really good about connecting people that have been in one show and then they move them to another. And interestingly enough, another guy that was on American Idol with me, Alan Richson, he has also been in two DC Universe shows. And so there were a couple of things that I've seen on Instagram where, where fans have created like these these images of different characters and, and the actors that have played them. And ours were side by side. And I don't think people really remember the two of us together in mm-hmm. that show or in American Idol. And I was like, oh my God, this is crazy that mine and Alan's slides are like right next to each other with the, that we've, and we both had double characters in the DC Universe. So I just, I think it's really interesting. I think um, the comic book world or, or, or the, yeah, I, I can call it the comic book world, DC or Marvel. Mm-hmm. Their, their fans mm-hmm. are ravenous. I mean, if they, they like you, they embrace you. If they don't, yeah. they eat you alive. It's so, taken very serious. Yeah. yeah. They don't play around they, with that. They're, yeah, they're, they've been wonderful to me. I, I mean, I have to say, like, I have never felt so embraced by a community of fans of a show of a of like even you know the whole like comic book world of dc universe the they're they've just been phenomenal the comic-con people like i've, I've done interviews with comic-con radio they featured me in their spoiler magazine gave me a 10 page spread i mean oh, these people awesome. are wow. amazing like they're such amazing people and um i've just really enjoyed being able to uh, be a part of that but i mean the show itself like being a part of a show that's new we're the baby of the dc family and um and being able to like be in the ground floor in the first season and being able to carry it through to multiple seasons like and that's just so exciting and to see how the characters evolve and grow and and becoming friends like the girl that plays my daughter meg delacy she's an absolutely wonderful human. I know I'm like raving about all these people, but they literally are just like the nicest people. Um, and she and I developed a really great friendship and, and it's been, it's just been lovely for me to have these relationships that I never really expected to be possible in work environments. Mm-hmm. So whenever, especially whenever I was like pursuing normal jobs in normal, like normal things, you know, yeah. like normal people do. Yes. Um, I, I never had these types of workplace relationships that like turned into like friends slash family situations. And I'm super grateful for that. Like I'm, I'm definitely at home and, you know, back to your, your question earlier about having that moment of, wow, this is it. Like, yeah, I, I landed on that whenever I was playing Bobby on Stargirl and it was, I don't, I don't remember if it was episode seven or eight. It was one of the ones where I was working with Luke and it was, him being just so human and so not the, not the huge star that everybody in the world knows him to be just witnessing that and being in an environment where I'm accepted as the actor that I am with the resume that I have. And, and they trust me enough to stand beside someone who is a legend in the industry. Like whenever you realize that, that this, this community, this body has the trust in you and the trust in your work that you can stand up to some powerhouses. That's whenever it's like, yo, okay, there's something happening here. This is, this is real. This is actually happening. So what, what is things have changed so much uh, with filming right now. And actually I, I went today and I got, I got booked on something that's coming up on stars. Um, Mm -hmm. I had to go get a COVID test. I had to go yep. get my brain tickled. Uh, yep. <laughs> I, had to go, I had to go back today and do and do wardrobe, which I don't know why they didn't mm-hmm. do it the same day. And tomorrow I go to work. Um, yep. 
it's it's changed it so much. Uh, it, everything is is so. Um, I mean, we're having to stay in our in our vehicles. Uh, you know, catering is done differently. Uh, yeah. Fittings are done differently. How much how much of a how much of a hassle has that been for you? And I know it's all for a, a, a purpose. It's to keep people safe and keep people healthy. Yeah. But it's but man, you know, I was talking to, to to one of the assistant directors today, and she was just like, you know, it's it it it's just a not only is it a strain for you to have to be prepared to do your job every day, but it's mm-hmm. a huge strain to go in and have to go through all those protocols every day. Absolutely. So how's that? Yeah. How's that affected you? Well, it's it's, it's got to prolong it, right? Yeah, absolutely does. It, it adds a difficulty level that just wasn't there before, and like being an actor, being a storyteller, carrying a heavy weight of the story on your day to day is already a big enough job. Where you add in all the other things that you have to think about, and you know, I can talk about my experience in this last project that I just did, and you know, we had a nurse on site that was a COVID nurse and was like on site all the time, like basically managing you. And I was in almost every scene. I was the lead of the movie. And so for me, it was extremely taxing because I would have to be rushed into these scenes and masked taken off of me. And like my wardrobe, I, I like I was never even even in control of the clothing I was wearing or like any accessories. I would come in in the morning, I would end up I'd go to hair and makeup after hair and makeup. I'm in costume for the day and I'm changing out between these costumes and it changes the accessories. And I literally just stand there like a mannequin and I'm like, okay, what's next? Like, yeah. who's, where do I need to be in? And like, I could never keep up with a mask. I could never keep up with a shield. I could never keep up with anything. And like the medic and I, we had some, some <laughs> tense moments. <laughs> yeah. Because she was always after me for this mask. And, and I was like, if you want me to have a mask, like you see what I'm doing, I'm literally like doing everything. I'm doing all of the things. So if you want me to have a mask on my face, you need to be standing and waiting for me as I walk off set. That's the only way this is going to happen. Don't shout at me as I'm walking through the hall to get back to my holding area because that doesn't work. Um, it just, it's, it's taxing and it really depends on the production and how it's handled. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I've got another production that I start on. I have another recurring uh, guest star character that's going to be happening on another new show. It's not new. It's, it's been going on since this season. Um, but I'm, I'm new to this season mm-hmm. and I don't know what their protocols are. And then I don't know what the protocols will be for star girl. Cause we're starting back up on that one as well. So I will find all of that out in the, in the next, two to three weeks <laughs> and it's going to be different for everything i start covid testing again on monday yes. i have to i have to test again on wednesday and then i test again on friday and i'm working on friday so it's you know it's just it's um it's a mountain a giant hurdle that we're all trying to get over right now and and manage it the best that we can and that's just all you can do just do the best that you can and and hope that at the end of the day, everyone stays safe and healthy. And I have to, I have to give all these productions credit because they're doing what they have to do to get right, us back to, to work. work. Exactly. You know, cause it's like, you can't survive if you're not going to work. And as a, an artist and any of these people that work in on the, the production side of it, like we all have to continue working and um, without these protocols, we wouldn't be working. So I always put myself in check when I get irritated, I'm like, it's fine because, you know, the fact that this is happening means I can be, I can be on set and and not only work and make money, but to do what I actually love. Like I'm, I am living my dream. That, 
it, 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 I, I have pinch me moments every single day. So if this is a little price that I have to pay to continue living my dream, yo, here, I will pay it yeah. happily. I know we always steer away from politics here, but um, it just came to me now, and while it's fresh on my head, I'm going to say it. Could the COVID test possibly be the new physical? You got to get oh. a physical every every year, right? Mm-hmm. Could, could we see that being the new physical? For acting. I, I mean, that, yeah. that makes sense. For I, anything, I never sports, thought about that. anything, period. Just thought of that now. I mean, it's possible. I, I mean, I can truly see the COVID testing being just like flu tests or flu shots. Mm-hmm. You know, I really right. do think that that's like based on what they know about COVID and, and what information and misinformation that we've all received, you know, who even knows what's true and what is mm, not. Exactly. Um, because we're in the wild, wild west with this thing. Who even knows how it's going to play out? Um, I, I could absolutely foresee that being a part of our future. And until further notice, unless it, you know, it becomes like one of these diseases that just mysteriously disappears. And I would love nothing more than for Same. it to mysteriously disappear. Yeah. Right? Like, we're all sick of these masks. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it, fine. I will wear it because I don't want to get anybody sick and I don't want to get sick. And I will definitely give you a side eye if you get too close to me at the grocery store. <laughs> but it's like, you know, I don't want to live like that. I don't want to live looking at people like, are you sick? I don't want to get near you. Are you sick? <laughs> that so, kind of thing. It's so funny. Today I went in and I, they were they were, you know, doing wardrobe and taking pictures and I had my mask on. Well, I mean, just about everything I've ever worked on, I had to shave my face. And my beard's pretty gnarly right now. I probably need to, <laughs> probably need to take care of it. And I, I looked at the lady and I was like, do you want to see? I mean, she, it's the first time somebody's ever took my photo with a mask on. We didn't have to. I was like, do you want to see my face? You want to see mm-hmm. my beard? Do I need to do something to this thing? She goes, uh, they'll let you know tomorrow if they want you to do anything to it. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But it was just weird to me because... Yeah, um, they're taking pictures they decide, of people and see their face. I hope they decide you should be clean shaven. I hope tomorrow. they don't because my because <laughs> my, my seven year old daughter won't speak to me till it grows. I back. don't think I'll speak to you. <laughs> see, I like, see my well, the, the strangest thing I've seen with these masks is you know I have to wear mine a lot in a lot of my accounts that I service because it's kind of mandatory and I, I don't have a problem with it, whatever. Sure. But but when you see a customer or you see somebody's in the store and you smile and you realize they don't even know I'm smiling <laughs> yeah. at. Them. Yeah, they have no idea that I'm even smiling at them. All that's just gone from our society right the, now. The majority mm-hmm. of my interaction with people is through facial expressions yeah. and, and and body just to language. Smile, it's to smile at somebody. Yeah, and, and these people just yeah. think I'm looking at them all crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, yep. it's so strange. I'm ready to be over it. Yeah, and I I really do hope that this is not going to be our new normal. You know, long term, I think it will be for another year or so. But I am hopeful that it will not be something that's here to stay especially on set man i'm like on set i'm such a i'm such a busybody i i love like going around and messing with everybody and talking to everybody and being a little social butterfly and so it's hard for me to not like be able to do that and i know on the bigger budget projects like the ones that i'm about to step back on set for they i've heard like some sets have done where like you have your pods like you stay in your pod by yourself and I just, I, like, oh, and, I don't want to be in a pod. You, they bring your food to you. I mean, you're going to have yeah. your food brought to you. You're not going to be able to sit with the rest of the cast. Everything's going to be mm-hmm. just, yeah, yeah. It's like isolation. It's, it's, yeah, it is. It is absolute isolation. How many? But, you know, keeps you safe. How many times do you think you've had your brain tickled in the past uh, two months? So I've actually had all the blood tests done. Oh, I haven't okay. had the, the I've not had the brain tickling yet, but I will have that on Monday yes. and Wednesday and Friday and oh then probably every other day until Christmas. 
yeah. you know, because I'll, I'll be working, I'll be on set. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not excited for that. <laughs> I, I actually, I, that was the first time I'd ever been tested, uh, for COVID, uh, this week. And that, mm-hmm. I was in, and that kind of de- deterred me to do anything, uh, mm-hmm. as far as trying to get, get in on anything. But I was like, man, if I'm going to do it, I just got to do it. So. Totally. Uh, and, yeah. and it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I've heard horror stories, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I have a small brain, so they probably they couldn't reach it if they tried. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> they had to go in from the side. Yeah, they get it from my ear. So they We're going to need a longer cotton swab. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> so I know I know you got a project you're working on a big uh, big project you're working on now. Um, what do you what is what's going on in the future? What do you see going on in the future for you? I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely, I, obviously with this industry, you take it day by day and, and you just stay grateful for the things that, that come your way. But I have two, I have two shows that I'm working on right now and I'm a recurring guest star on both of them. And it's, it's pretty exciting. Um, we know one of them, Stargirl. The other one is a kid's show. <laughs> Actually, I, I'm so pumped. I no, can't really say cool. much about it. Yeah. That'll yeah. Cool. So. I'll be um, dancing back and forth between the two sets and I look very forward to it. I mean, it's very reminiscent of how I handled 2019 too, because I, I worked on, um, I think it was like seven TV shows and, and two or three films in 2019, yeah, which was super busy. Un- unreal. Yeah. So it's, it's like, there you go again. Feel, right. Right. Yeah. I get like a little time off. I'll get like a week or two here and there and, and I take care of all the stuff. Like I bought a condo during COVID and so I've been renovating. So it's like my renovations will stop when I have to go to set and mm-hmm. then I'll, I'll get a window of time whenever they can start up again and we start it back up. And so that's like how I spend my free time now is like decorating and, and like tearing bathrooms down and building them back up. And you know, until that's done, then that's just how I'm going to be spending my life. But um, yeah, I, I, um, I have those two projects, but then in the future beyond this, I mean, I would really, I really hope that Bobby Berman continues on star girl and I can continue portraying that character because she's a really uh, fun and interesting character. And, um, from there I, I'm, we're working on expanding my representation right now. Like I've got a, a killer PR firm that I'm working with out of LA and then, we are uh, stacking the deck with agency reps and um, management out of New York and Los Angeles. So the goal is to continue expanding. And I'm staying rooted in Atlanta. My um, my family is first and the most important thing to me. So I stay as close as I can and, and still to be able to do the work. And um, that's why I bought a place here. But I do expect to be uh, moving around a little bit more and being in other cities for longer periods of time in the coming years. I don't know if it'll be 2021 when that happens, but it, you know, cause it takes a while, like with any market that you introduce yourself into, you have to give it a little bit of a, a cooling off period, so to speak, where you get used to the market, the casting directors start to learn who you are and they start to trust your work. So it just, it takes time. It's just like making new friends when you move to a new city. I got to make a whole lot of new friends. Yeah. But how and, great is it that Atlanta has in the re- past few years or how many every years have become a hot spot for movies now oh my god i mean that incredible that just that just didn't happen how many every years ago and all of a sudden you know we were excited when a few films were made here in rome at barry or whatever you know then now all of a sudden atlanta's just exploded yeah we are we are the mecca i mean it is that's exactly right that's exactly right it's amazing we have more production than anywhere else in the country um so it's it's pretty fantastic 
have you have you noticed uh and i know that was a big scare uh there right before covid actually took over um when uh, and again not to get political but there was a bill that was passed in the house and a lot of people the was heartbeat really, bill. yes yep and so mm-hmm. we, we lost we lost some productions uh due to that uh do, yeah. do you think those people will come back or do you what do you what do you think, think in your opinion yeah Cause, yeah, I think cause so. Because I, um, I know they're making so much more money in Georgia. They're 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 able to do things cheaper and build things yeah. cheaper and do things cheaper here. So yeah, um, there's a there's a big thirty percent tax credit too yeah, that they get, which yeah. is is huge. It's yeah, massive. It's just giving away um, giving away free money if you if you yeah. yeah. Well, and and in turn, the state of Georgia really benefits. The whole Southeast really benefits because it's not just Georgia that's touched by that. Productions are all over. And so it's good for business. Businesses have grown here. Industries are growing because of the film industry. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing that it's so funny to me whenever people start like knocking on the film industry and on and on actors like they don't understand the impact that we have it's in huge. our lives. Yeah. And so it's, it's things like that, that I'm just like, you know, it's cool. Stay in your bubble. You don't have to understand. It's fine. Um, but I, I do believe that the productions will return. Um, I, and most everything has started back up and Atlanta is one of the only cities really working right now. I know that there's a couple of cities in Canada that are, that are working, but, um, the Southeast is really like, everybody i mean people are coming in from la to work here right now because that's where the work is and it's great it's so great for us it's wonderful but i um you're talking about how it's such a a a big financial impact in in an area um and i mean i may i may not have my numbers correct but i know when they filmed those few days uh for the watchman down in cedartown uh i mean i i think they got something crazy like the 10 million dollars or something to that extent, maybe not that much, but it was a humongous chunk of money that the city of Cedartown got to allow them to film there. Yeah, uh, and I know, yeah. and I know people that had businesses on main street down there. Uh, of course mm-hmm. they had to close down, they had to close their business down and they were paid, mm-hmm. you know, they were compensated for their, their time. So yeah, it, it is a yeah. huge financial uh, impact uh, anywhere, anywhere, anything's being filmed. Absolutely. You know, Tyler Perry's yeah. dumping millions and millions and millions of dollars back into that area down there that needs it desperately. Absolutely. And yeah. It goes back a, to you saying there's just so much that goes into it. There's so many little mm-hmm. pieces to the oh, puzzle. Yeah, people have no idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I, I don't know the full economic impact of each individual city that, you know, films are being made in, but I know that it is, it is substantial, not just for what the city gets paid, but, also for the impact of the local businesses. I mean, restaurants and, and catering and all of that, that is stuff that just absolutely boom shopping, mm-hmm. even, yeah. you know, like when we were shooting Bluff City Law in Memphis, you know, there were a couple of the actors that were just shopping all the time. And it's like people would, will come into town literally just for production and they spend their money in those towns, in those businesses, in those small businesses. And that, that's where you see the biggest impact of um, film and television being present in your city. Well, look, I look. I know you're super busy, and I really do appreciate your time. And uh, I, and I want to tell you, I, I, I really do appreciate. Anytime I had questions for you, I would send you, you know, questions about you know, the industry and stuff like that. Uh, and you would always respond back and let me give me some good insight. And I really do appreciate that. Uh, yeah, of you, help, you helped me out a little bit on some things that uh, I had nice. no idea that I was getting into. <laughs> and, Good, and, I'm glad. <laughs> and hopefully in the future, uh, the, uh, you'll have a movie that they'll need a guy to eat a bologna sandwich by the dumpster. 
And I, and I can get, ca- and I can get cast for I'm the, I'm that guy. So <laughs> love it. But look, That's but fantastic. I really do appreciate your time. Thank and, you. T- uh, thank yeah. you for your time, Miss Wilson. Yeah. Really. Yeah, and for I, sure. I look it's forward, I look forward to seeing these big, better things coming for you. Uh, we're always, we'll be keeping an eye out for you. We're cheering for you. Thank you. Absolutely. thank you guys. I really appreciate that. All right, thank you. You have a good evening. Okay. You too. Take right. care. Yeah. Thank Take you. Care. You too. Right. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. All right. All right. Well, that was Lisa Wilson, guys. Lisa Wilson, uh, hometown, uh, hometown, hometown heroes, starlet. So yeah, yeah. Movie star, Movie star and model. Made it to the big screens. Miss, yeah. Miss Georgia. She came second runner up. Yeah, in that's the, right. Yeah, in I didn't the, even uh, cover that. Pageant. She yeah. was almost yeah. Miss America. Yeah, man, I blew it. I didn't even talk about that. Well, so. But she's got so much going on, you know, so, and, and I am, you know, I, uh, I'm I'm really happy for her. I'm glad she's doing her thing. So she's easy to root for. Yeah, absolutely. Easy to root for. Some people you're kind of like, eh, screw her. But she's yeah. easy to root yeah, for. Absolutely. She's always been nice. Yeah, I remember when she was. She had. I would always see her around Rome, and you know, even when she worked at Chili's and everything, she was just she was always a nice person. Yeah. Well, one thing I want to talk about is the Atlanta Braves moving on to yes. the. Bring it on the Dodgers. Bring it on the Dodgers. The NLC. Uh, NL, NL. That, you know, that yes. thing, that championship. The national One League. more series before the World Series. We just watched that arse whooping Seven during nothing. the podcast. That's right. And, hey, you know what? They uh, they held the Marlins to no runs again. Yeah, man. So, yeah. So, it's you had ridiculous. another pitcher. With the the one thing that I said I was worried about was our starting pitching because mm-hmm. the relief's been good all year. They come through again, man. Yeah, and it's it's just unbelievable. Uh, it's I don't know. Of course, it's going to get a lot tougher. Dodgers are a different beast altogether than what we've seen. Yeah. I think our guys is full of confidence. One thing that I would like to see is uh, somebody pull Acuna to the side and tell him to chill out a little nah, bit. Let him be who you he don't is. Think so? No, let him be who he is. Don't man, don't don't don't, I know. don't I'm being hold the him old back. Guy. I'm being the old guy. No, old you can't hold him back. Yep. Yeah, you got it. You got to look at it like Snit does, and you know. They asked Snicker about that, and he, you know, he said, you know, it's, it's not how he grew up, but he understands it. Yeah, you know, and 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 he's flashy, but I think if you try to pull him back, it's not who he is, and I think it changes him. I you, really, you do. may be right. You may be. I right. really do. You know, there's there's one thing of being flashy and then showing up other guys, but uh, you know, you see that with a lot of players now. Mm-hmm. You don't. I don't guess you have to like it, but I'd be scared to pull him back, man. Yeah, I would. I'd be scared to pull him back. Yeah, you taking away you taking away his edge. You can't. Do I think that. so, man. Yeah. I think I so. I think so. I'd be scared to do it. I know exactly where you're coming from, and I want to agree with. You. I want to agree with you. Be like, dude, you know. Yeah, because I'm that guy. Chill a little bit. I'm that guy that says, put it in his ear hole. Be, be yeah. Be a, be a little more like Chipper. In the way you play, you know, Chipper was never flashy. Yeah, but it's just not who he is man yeah, and nice. and it's his culture though too mm-hmm. his culture is much like that a lot of those players from that area are flashy that's the way they play and i would just be scared to, I, i'm with you i'm with you 100 but mm-hmm. i i'd be scared to do it and i think that's why snicker hasn't that's yeah. how it is nowadays though um showboating yeah that's there's a, big a deal. yeah the guys are doing it nowadays. i think mcgregor stapled that <laughs> the whole showboating thing yeah yeah but you see it more. Well, Rick Flair definitely stapled no. it. But. I think you. I think you really see it more in international players too, though. Mm-hmm. You know, it is. You, it is. It is an international players. You see it a lot more. It in. is, man. You don't see yeah. the guys coming up. You know that are. You know, from the states necessarily, or you know, some of them are do stuff. You know, like yeah. we were talking about last night about the pitcher. You know, he's mm-hmm. 
do some did some stuff. But these international guys, man, they they got some flair to them. There's, there's Take one. a look at Jackie Robinson, man. Yeah, just play the game hard. Yeah, that's all you do. Yeah. But he was flashy with it's it. A different time, though. stealing mm. home. He was the first, right? He was yeah. the first to steal yeah, home. He wasn't flashy, wasn't though. Flashy. That's just, flashy in a different way. Yeah, but no. he wasn't. He wasn't flipping bats and dancing. And dancing, yeah. You're right. It was. It was. It was a I lot do. different. I, I always flashiness say, has evolved into something else. I will it, say this: the showboat always sinks. It that always is yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Well, it didn't with Dion. Yeah, that's true. Deion Sanders. He's the exception to the rule. You know, there's certain guys that are just so good, they're going to get away with it. And like I said, I I would just be scared to try to pull him back. Yeah. I don't necessarily agree with it all, but at the same time. I say bring on the Dodgers, man. Let's make it happen. What's going to happen? Let's go because, to the World Because they're going to – do they play tonight? I guess they do. Yeah, yeah they, they do. do. They, they do. do. Yeah, they're going to – They're, they're going to clinch tonight. They'll clinch tonight because San Diego just didn't have a chance. They didn't. And, yeah, it's going to be – Gonna be Braves and Dodgers. Just keep healing that fire, man. See, see who goes to the World Series. Yeah, no doubt. Wouldn't it be great to see them in the World Series again? Yeah, and I and I heard this on today. The last time the Braves won the World Series, it was a shortened season. I didn't know that because of the strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't no, know. That. I thought the strike ended a great season. Oh, that's what they were saying on the radio today. I was listening I to the game. The, they were they were having a great season, and the strike ruined it. I don't know. Maybe maybe you're right. I mean, I'm sure they are. I just I was thinking wrong, but yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm excited. It's just nice to see baseball. It's just going to be weird to not see them play in Atlanta. It's been weird not see. I don't like the bubble too much. No, I okay. Don't care for if it you at were all. able to play there all year long, why are we doing the bubble now? Well, the stupidest thing is, is they they you can pay to have a watch party at at Truist Park. I saw that you can pay to go in and watch the game on a jumbotron, but yeah. you can't pay to go in and watch the game. Yeah, so there's people laying out on the yeah. field like a picnic table. Yeah, I mean, a, like having a picnic on the field. Yeah, but you can't go in and watch a game. No, separate them ridiculous. out. And and separate it doesn't make sense to me. No, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, it's funny how some sports like college. I mean, you saw Georgia last yeah. Saturday night. That place was packed, man. Yeah, it was packed. Florida said full capacity. We'll see what happens. And good for them. Yeah, absolutely. All their restaurants are opening. Mm-hmm. No mask, man. Mm-hmm. No mandatory mask. No nothing. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Yeah. Move on with your life. Yeah. It's time to move on. It is. It's time to move on. Speaking of moving on, it's what we're going to do because uh, we are some beat three souls. It's been Ooh, a long day. That we are. It's been a week, boys. Hey, um, again, you everybody. still got one more day, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but yeah. Friday's, you feel better about it. That's yeah. Friday. Friday's an easy day. That's right. Well, it's not easy, but you feel good <laughs> because at the end of it. That's right. Everybody, just remember, um, we're still working the kinks out on the website about getting the merchandise uh, able to where you can purchase it. You can actually go to our Facebook page, Cigar Store Idiots. Uh, take a look at got some uh, really good looking gear. Man, our shirts look great. Our baseball tees look great. Um, hats are. Uh, I found out today that the hats are coming from Washington State, which Washington Washington State has pretty much shut everything down. So uh, there's going to be delay a delay on those uh, the hats. Uh, we've got hoodies ordered, uh, so uh, we'll get all that stuff up on the uh, on the website. If you hadn't Facebook. seen it, go take a look because they yeah. do look great. If they didn't look good, I wouldn't say that. They really do look yeah. good. And you can send us a message uh, either off the website or you can send us a message on Facebook, uh, and then we can work out a shipping uh, shipping a shirt to you and taking payment as well. So, um, guys, you can touch with us. We'll figure it out. That's going to do it for me, uh, Tyler. Yeah, today was our first podcast. Uh, with somebody interviewed over the phone so 
It, it turned out good, yeah. I think. It, yeah, very it, smooth. It was I'm different, very, but it was good. Yeah. Very thankful for the equipment we have. Yeah. And very user-friendly. and. Um, but she's easy to talk to, too. Yeah. yeah. That helps. Road Pod. Shout out to Road. Road. Road Podcast. Yeah, it's awesome, man. It's great. It's a great setup. So, all right, fellas. Stay safe, everybody. All right. Take it easy. Later.